0: Good morning, Mount Airy family. I'm glad that you're here today, and those who are not part of our church, but you found us and you're tuning in as well. Welcome to Mount Airy Baptist Church in Easley, South Carolina. The days in which we're living haven't gotten any better, have they? They're very difficult times that we find ourselves in, and that's one of the reasons it's so important for us to gather together as a church online. Uh, We may not be able to go to church, but we can still be the church. And so thank you for tuning in and being a part of Mount Airy Baptist Church today. I don't pretend to know everything that God's doing through the coronavirus, but I do know one thing God's doing in my life. God has been teaching me lately just the value of community, the value of us being together. Just to be very frank with you, I miss my church family. I know you're on the other side of that TV screen or the other side of that computer screen, and, and I'm glad that we're able to do this, but, but I miss being with my church family. I miss that connection that we would have on Sundays and Wednesdays. And so when we do get to come back into this building, it's going to be a great time of celebration that we can be back together. But until then, we want to ask you to make a special effort to stay connected. One of the ways that we're doing that, we've asked our BSF teachers this week just to try to have their class every Sunday or whatever day is convenient, but perhaps Sunday night would work for you. You would have Zoom groups on Sunday night, just checking in with one another, praying with one another, reading scripture together. Or maybe you want to do a Sunday morning and do a Facebook Live class. However you can do it, we just want to ask all of our BSF classes to do your best each week to gather together online and stay connected. Thank you for connecting with us this morning as we continue this time of worship. And I've asked Brad Barton to come to read a scripture of encouragement and to lead us in prayer.
1: Brad. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. God, as we come today, we come not where we want to be. But I thank you that where we are, you are. That you are our shepherd in all the times of our lives. Father, we pray for those who are dealing with sickness, we pray for healing in their lives. We pray for the caregivers. We pray for those who are providers for our economy and who are making things possible for us to continue on, even in this disjointed time. And Father, we pray that we will continue to focus upon you and doing and in providing the ministry you call us to, to do in this time. We pray for your name to be proclaimed. Father, be with the leaders of this nation and with other nations. Give them wisdom and guidance. And Father, in all things, may they point to you as our God, as our shepherd. Father, in this moment in time when we come together and we hear the words that you've given Keith, I pray that you'll use them in a mighty way. And Father, for Your Spirit to work in our lives and to mold us into Your sheep, trusting in You. And we pray all this in Your Son's name. Amen.
2: Turn Your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in. Justice and mercy embraced. Oh, there the Son of God gave His life for us, and our measureless dead was erased. Jesus, to you we lift up. jesus our glory and our prize oh we adore you behold you our savior ever true oh jesus we turn our eyes to The lion away. Oh, what a glorious dawn fear of death! He is gone, for we carry his life in our veins. Jesus, to you we lift our. Our glory and our prize. Oh, we adore you We hold you Our Savior ever true Oh, Jesus We turn our eyes to you. In his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strange, lead him in the light of his glory and grace. Jesus, see you, we lift our eyes. Oh Jesus, our glory and our Christ Oh we adore you, behold you Our Savior ever true And oh Jesus, we turn our eyes to you And oh Jesus, we turn our eyes to you
0: Have you watched the virtual choir, the cell phone choir? This week they've released a song called It Is Well With My Soul, a famous old hymn. And as I researched a little bit about that story, there's 30 different singers, 30 different vocalists who live in and around Nashville. And they are self-isolated at their homes. And so someone had the idea, let's sing It Is Well With My Soul. Each individually on our cell phones, we'll record it, we'll send it in to somebody, and they edited that and put it all together. And it's a beautiful declaration of 30 people declaring from their isolation their faith in God. The first two or three times that I watched it, I'll be honest with you, I cried. I I could not watch it without crying. Because it was something powerful, realizing that these were people in Nashville, people who had recently went through the tornadoes. And now they're dealing with the coronavirus. And now they're in isolation. And yet still they sing. They sing about their faith in God. And they sing those powerful words when it's blended together. A 30 voice choir, it is well with my soul. This cell phone choir is just an amazing testimony that even in a time of a worldwide pandemic, we can still sing. We can still have hope. We can still have joy. Now, how can people do that in times like this? How can people do that when there's so much panic in the world? I don't know if you've been watching the headlines, but major cities are shutting down. Entire states are issuing stay-at-home orders. Wall Street is in a free fall. There are major medical supply shortages across the country. People are isolated and separated and insulated and they're being inundated every day by social media and TV. Just the, the news just seems to get worse every day. This disease continues to spread and there seems to be no way to stop it. Well, there are many unknowns. There, these are indeed disturbing times and there are some heartbreaking stories out there And fear and panic, indeed, seem to be growing throughout each day. That's why I thought it would be a good time for us to look at the most highlighted verse in the Bible. This is a picture of my Bible. uh, And you probably have a Bible a lot like this one, where there are verses that you have highlighted, verses that mean something to you, verses that are important to you. What would you think is the most highlighted verse in the Bible in fact, I'd like for you just to just take, take a moment, if you're at home there, just, if you have somebody else there beside you, just talk to one another real quickly. What do you think it is? What's the most highlighted verse in the Bible? Well, if you said John 3.16, you'd be wrong. Oh, it's, it's up on the list, but it's not the most highlighted verse in the Bible. If you said Psalm 23, you'd be wrong. Again, it's high on the list, but it's not the most highlighted verse in the Bible. No, there's another verse, a verse that is the most highlighted in the Bible. Let me tell you why we know it is, or how we know it is. Did you know that when you're on Amazon, or when you're on your Kindle, that Amazon is watching, and Amazon notices when you highlight something in a book, in any book, and they note what you highlight? Well, the most highlighted book of all the books is the Bible. And Amazon tells us that the most highlighted verse in the Bible is a verse that you probably have heard us talk about recently. A verse that I quoted last Sunday in my message. A verse that's been the theme verse for our 18 days of prayer recently. The most highlighted verse in the Bible is this one. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 are the most highlighted verse in the Bible. And I'm convinced that though I quoted it last Sunday, and we've claimed it during the 18 days of prayer, I'm convinced that today we need to slowly walk through that verse together, or those two verses together. So if you have your Bibles, would you open your Bibles to Philippians chapter for, or if you have maybe your cell phone there, turn your Bible on, or your iPad or something, uh, turn that on, and, and find this in your text, find this verse, this passage. There's a few things I want to tell you about these two verses. I hope that you've found them already, and I'm just going to read it to you one more time as I look at my Bible, you look at yours, and here's what it says, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, there's two things as we walk through this verse together that I want to call to your attention. Here's the first one. The Bible says that we can pray about your circumstances instead of worrying over them. What if you were to do that? What if instead of worrying about what you're facing today or what tomorrow might bring, what if instead of worrying over those things, you prayed over those things? That's exactly what the Apostle Paul tells us in verse 6. I want you to underline two important phrases, mark two important phrases in your Bible. The phrase, do not be anxious about anything, and the phrase, present your request to God. You see, here's the bottom line that Paul is trying to teach us. We can't handle life on our own, but nor do we have to. Paul is saying to the people in Philippi, life sometimes gets, gets to be more than you can handle. It's more than you can deal with. Sometimes you don't have the answers, and sometimes you can't fix everything, and sometimes panic can set in and anxiety. And Paul says, here's what you do in those times. How about if you turn those worries into prayer? It's interesting, this word anxious is an important word in this text. The word anxious really can also be translated worry. Perhaps in some of your translations, that's the word that you see. It literally means to be pulled apart in two different directions. Sometimes faith and hope are pulling in one direction, and at the same time, fear and panic are pulling in the other direction. And you're just being pulled in both directions. And it can get to the point where anxiety is interfering with your daily life. You want faith and hope, and you keep leaning into that, but panic and fear began to pull at you as well as you watch the headlines, as you watch the news. And if you're not careful, you can get to the point where anxiety really does interfere with your everyday life. Just yesterday, Time Magazine posted a story online <clears throat> The title of the story was this one, The Coronavirus Pandemic May Be Causing an Anxiety Pandemic. That was the title. The Coronavirus Pandemic May Be Causing an Anxiety Pandemic. Let me read from that article. It said, As the physical coronavirus pandemic continues to spread, an emotional pandemic is following fast in its wake. When the whole world is going to pieces, it's awfully hard for the human mind a fragile thing at the best of times, to cope and more and more doctors are reporting the spread of despair, worry and depression among their patients. The article goes on to explain that anxiety disorders that are on the rise in our country today, anxiety disorders are based on two words, what if? That our mind begins to dwell on those two words. And, and then we follow those two words with the worst-case scenario that our brain can devise. What if I lose my job? What if I can't pay my bills? What if I lose my car? What if I get the virus? What if I go into the hospital? So what do you do with that kind of anxiety? Well, the Bible says the best approach is to pray about your circumstances instead of worrying about them. You see, prayer by its very nature is an admission that I can't handle life on my own. Prayer by its very nature is an admission that I need God in my circumstances. I read a tweet the other day that I really liked. It said, praying has a better chance of changing tomorrow than worrying. I saved that one. I like that one. Praying has a better chance of saving tomorrow tomorrow. or change you tomorrow, than worrying, I needed that, and maybe you did too. Now look at verse 6 again. In the rest of verse 6, Paul explains how we can take our problems, our daily problems, our overwhelming problems, to God. Here's what Paul says. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, notice these three words, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests. To God, Paul uses three key words here, prayer, petition, and thanksgiving. I want to walk through those words with you for just a moment. First of all, the idea of prayer. This word for prayer, this very first word, is more of a general word for prayer that really has the idea of adoration and worship. That when you come to God, you need to remember He's bigger than you are. When you come to God in prayer, you need to be reminded He's more powerful Than you are. When you come to God, you come with a humble heart, recognizing the one to whom you are praying. He is Lord and God, He is sovereign over all. And so we come in that spirit of of worship. We come in that spirit of acknowledging who He is. In other words, we don't start our prayer by demanding God do something. We start our prayer by recognizing who God is. We start our prayer with worship. Adoration and worship. We need to be reminded that he's big enough to handle our, pro, our, our problems. So we approach God with a spirit of reverence and worship. And then the second word here is an important word. Paul says, not, not only with prayer, but also with petition. The word petition means simply earnestly sharing my needs and my problems with God. That I'm asking God and trusting God for the answers but I'm earnestly doing that. This is not a flippant type of request, but I'm earnestly asking God for his help in my situation. I'm I'm sincerely trusting God that he's going to help me with what I'm going through. You see, the reason that you and I should pray more and worry less is because prayer brings God into our situation. That's why the word petition is there you're petitioning god to step into your situation you're asking god to step into your family you're asking god to step into the problems at your home you're inviting god to come into your situation that's what the word petition means i've told you before that my mom is a great or was a great prayer warrior she's in heaven now but, but man that my mom had has such powerful such a powerful prayer life and and from time to time, I, I would worry about something. I would stress over something. And mom would always ask me this question. And in recent days, I've heard her voice in my mind, just reliving those memories. Mom would often ask me this question, Keith, have you prayed about it? And so it doesn't matter whatever, whatever it was that I was stressed about or worried about, and I would kind of complain to her, and I would be stressed over it. And, and mom would listen, and then she would say, Keith... You prayed about it? Mom's perspective was, if you've prayed about it, why are you worrying about it? I've heard her voice lately. Keith, have you prayed about it? Son, if you've prayed about it, why are you worrying about it? That's the word petition. Petition. The word petition says, I'm asking God to come into my situation. I'm asking God for his help. I'm asking God to do something I can't do. And then Paul uses a third word, the word thanksgiving. That that simply means to express to God your appreciation for who he is and for what he does. It's recognizing that he is sovereign and sufficient. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful today that the God I serve is both sovereign, He's in control, and He's sufficient for whatever I'll face. He's sovereign, He's sufficient. And so when we're praying, we recognize that. And when we're praying, we always thank Him for who He is and for what He's done and for what He's going to do. I love Psalm 121 that simply says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. The one who is sovereign and sufficient. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. See, the question you and I face every day is this. Are you going to take matters into your own hands or are you going to take them to the Lord? Have you prayed about it? Are you going to take matters into your own hands or are you going to take them to the Lord? That's what Paul says you do with your anxiety. You take it to the Lord. Recently, I was reading something by Ron Hutchcraft, and, and he talked about four ways to pray in days of panic. I want to share with you what he shared with, with us, four ways to pray in days of panic. He said there's four different kinds of prayers we ought to be praying as we worship the Lord and as we petition the Lord and as we thank the Lord for all that we're dealing with. He said there's four prayers we ought to be praying. The first one is this, Lord, help me not to waste this. You might want to make sure you write these four prayers down in your Bible or in your notebook. Lord, help me not to waste this. And Ron Hutchcraft said, if you're going to go through the pain, be sure to get the point. I like that. If you're going to go through the pain, be sure to get the point. In other words, what he means is, let this draw you closer to God. I want to say to you as your pastor, as your friend, that if... If God is doing anything in this time of COVID-19, it ought to be that He's working in such a way that He's turning our eyes towards Him. This time ought to deepen our relationship with Him. This time ought to be a time when we're drawing closer to Him. And when we get to the end of this, we ought to be a better person and a better Christian and a stronger believer than we were before all of this started. And so the first prayer is, Lord, help me not to waste this. And then the second prayer is this one, Lord, help me to do just one day at a time. You know, the Bible says God's mercy is in you every morning. The Bible also says that we should pray for our daily bread. We just need to do one day at a time. And it can get overwhelming if you think about tomorrow, especially in relation to the coronavirus. It can get overwhelming. The anxiety can be very real. The fear can be very real. So we just need to pray, Lord, help me just to do today. Reminds me of what Jesus said in Matthew six thirty four. He says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Boy, oh, that is so true. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So, Lord, help me to, just, to do just one day at a time. He said the third prayer we need to pray is this one, Lord, help me to see who needs me today. The reason this prayer is important is because it gets our eyes off of ourselves and onto others. And there's so many people that need help in our community, so many people that, that are struggling, so many people that, that may need us to knock on their door or to give them a phone call and say, hey, do you need me to pick up anything for you? Uh, or Can I pray with you? Just so many different ways that we can help others right now. I want to remind you of Proverbs eleven twenty five that says, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. So in these days of anxiety and as we're praying through all of this, a good prayer to pray is, Lord, help me to see who needs me today. And then the, the fourth one, Ron Hutchcraft said, is, Lord, take over my life. I want you to hear me very carefully. If, if you've never prayed that prayer, there's no better time to do it than right now. I have no idea how people who don't know Jesus are making it through this worldwide pandemic. I would hate to think that I am going through this crisis on my own. Can I say to you today that if you're watching, maybe you just tuned in and you just happened to find us. Can I say to you today that the Lord Jesus loves you. And he died for your sins so that you would never have to live another day separated from God. And the one relationship that you need the most is a relationship with God through Jesus Christ because that relationship is disease-proof and disaster-proof and death-proof. That's a relationship, the Bible says in Romans, that nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. If you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, there's no better time than right now just to simply admit your sin, believing in your heart Christ died on the cross for you and committing your life to God. A good prayer for us to pray is, Lord, take over my life. Now, the second part that I want you to see as we look at verse 7 is this lesson, that God can bring His peace into our lives. God can bring His peace into our lives. Look at the text again in verse 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I want you to notice that when you present your request to God, then you can experience the peace of God. Now hear that again. When you bring your request to God, then you can experience the peace of God. Look at this text. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The phrase that indicates that that God is the source of what we need is that phrase, peace of God. And the peace of God. This is not the peace of man. This is not peace that we somehow are able to produce. Paul describes this peace as... It is the peace of God. And then he says it is a peace that transcends all understanding. That phrase doesn't mean that God's peace is is such a mystery that our mind can't comprehend it though that probably is true. That phrase is deeper than that. That phrase really is saying that God's peace is so precious that man's mind can never produce it. It's the peace that transcends all understanding, more than we just can't grasp it, but it really means but we can't even produce it. This is a supernatural peace that comes from God. It is the peace that only God can give, a peace that only God can bring about. The way to be anxious about nothing is to be prayerful about everything and to seek the peace that only God can give. And Paul says the result of that kind of praying is that the peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I need to remind you that when the Apostle Paul wrote those words, he was chained to a Roman soldier. He was in a a Roman prison. Day and night, he was chained to a soldier, a guard, who stood watch over him. And as the Apostle Paul wrote these words from that Roman prison cell, he recognized that this peace of God was like that guard that was chained to him. This peace of God would guard two critical areas in our lives. Two critical areas that create worry. The heart, which is our feelings, and our minds, which is how we think. There's two critical areas where the enemy is going to attack you especially in these days of crisis and panic. He's going to create panic and anxiety and fear in your heart and in your mind. You're going to be feeling things that you haven't felt before, or you're going to be thinking things that, that perhaps you haven't been thinking before. And The enemy is going to target those two areas, and so how do we... How do we fight back? The Apostle Paul says, first of all, it's not something you can produce. It's not something you can bring about. You need the peace of God. The peace of God that comes through prayer. And the peace of God will be strong enough to guard those two critical areas, your heart and your mind. Those two critical areas. It's interesting what Paul said about those two critical areas. Look at the text. Go back transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. In other words, your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ is supreme, supremely important during these days. I would say to you that as you're trying to deal with the anxiety in your life, if you're trying to deal with the fear in your life, that your relationship with Jesus, your daily relationship with Jesus, your prayerful, Relationship with Jesus is of utmost importance. Now, it's interesting that verse 6 begins with anxiety. And verse 7 ends with the word peace. And the thing that's in between those two is prayer. The thing that makes the difference, the thing that's in the middle between anxiety and peace prayer. So, as I bring all of this to a conclusion this morning, I I want to talk about two simple words that kind of applies everything we've looked at. When hard times come and when panic and worry seem to be winning, I want to ask you to remember two simple, powerful words. Pray and stay. I would ask you to write those down in really big letters in your Bible or on a 3 by 5 card or in your notebook. Pray and stay. Don't let the enemy have a foothold in your heart. Pray and stay. Don't let the enemy have a foothold in your mind. Pray and stay. Just pray and stay. Pray and stay. Now let me look at each of these two words. First of all, the word pray. The word pray means to seek God's face, of course. It means spending time with the Lord and listening to His voice and talking to Him about your needs. We all need those times when we pray. Pray more, worry less. Pray. And Then the word stay. The word stay means to stay in the Word, to let the promises of God and the truth of God lead you to the peace of God. Now let me say that one more time. Let the promises of God and the truth of God lead you to the peace of God. It's very important in these days that you stay in the Word of God. So pray and stay. I love Psalm 119. I found this recently as I was reading my Bible. It talks about both those aspects of praying and staying. Psalm 119 verse 147 says, I rise before dawn and cry for help. That's pray. I rise before dawn and I cry for help. Let's pray. I have put my hope in your word. Let's stay. Mark that verse perhaps in your Bible. I rise before dawn and I cry for help and I put my hope in your word. You see, ladies and gentlemen, we all have two choices this week. Our hearts can be torn apart by anxiety or our hearts can be guarded by the peace of God through prayer. So, this week, I want you to remember pray and stay. And as you have those times that are very anxious and those times that are very disturbing, maybe remember the question of my mom Have you prayed about it? Son, if you've prayed about it, why are you worrying about it? But so let's pray. And let's stay. And let's do that right now. Father, I thank you for your word that is so true, so timely, so relevant. And I pray for these dear people who are part of our church family and those who are outside of our church family that are watching today. God, I pray that you would use this word to bring hope in their lives and to bring about peace in the midst of anxious times. May they experience the peace of God. That is beyond human understanding, beyond human ability. And Father, may they trust in you each day. We ask that in the strong and mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Well, thank you for tuning in today. I hope to see you next Sunday, 10 o'clock, and invite somebody to join you. God bless.